Tom and Eddie, the skit guys, here to help you to conquer your fear with five tips. That's right. Number five, acknowledge your fear. Write it down. Get it out there. Do that, Tommy. Do that. That's a great idea, okay? Here's the thing. When you write down your fear, it kind of helps just squelch the fear. Tommy is going to show you right now that we all have this in common. We all have fears. This is Tommy's number one fear. This is my number one fear. I've seen it happen to people, and it's tragic. I can't imagine what it would be like to... Really? So much skin. Number four, realize that most of your fears don't even come true. Yours did. This isn't a fear. Looks like it should have been. When it comes to those fears, they don't really ever come true. Like some people have a fear of garden gnomes coming alive in the middle of the night and destroying you. What? Yes, a bunch of people fear that. I don't think so. It's a legitimate fear. Those little statues in people's yards. Those evil statues in people's yards. Oh, this is your fear. You're afraid of. No, you're I'm afraid not. of garden no, gnomes. I'm not. Yes, no, you I'm are. not. I'm not Look at you. Me. No. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Moving on. Number three. Do the thing you fear. Yes. Yes. Like stay the night in a yard filled with garden gnomes. No, it really is a good idea to do what you fear. In fact, Winston Churchill said, do the thing you fear, and the death of fear is certain. No, Winston Churchill didn't say that. Hmm? Emerson said that. What? Ralph Waldo Emerson said, do the thing you fear, and the death of fear is certain. How do you know that? Well, I had a college class on it, and there was a, did you just say, how do I know that? Yep. Okay, you know what I'm curious about? I'm curious what it would look like if I shaved your head. It's not funny. I'm not laughing. Number two, be curious. Yeah, because when you're curious, you're not focusing on your fear. You're squelching your fear. You're, you're opening the door for God's wonder. Curiosity does that. Yeah, and you'll also find that curiosity did not kill the cat. It was that creepy kid across the street. There's someone to be afraid of. You don't even be afraid of him. Because the number one way to conquer your fear is to trust in God. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 1.7, for the spirit of the Lord is not of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. Yeah, in fact, I got you a little keepsake to help you remember that. Thanks, buddy. That's what I like about this guy. He's always thinking of other people. So there you have it, friends. Go out there. Conquer your fear. Make that bucket list of things that you want to do and know that God is on your side because there is nothing that you have to be afraid of. Well, as you may have guessed, today we're talking about fear and how we're supposed to handle it as Christians, what we're supposed to do with these things. Now, the skit guys, they gave us five ways to work through fear, through fear and those are good and positive things. But I have another passage of Scripture that we're going to look at in just a couple of minutes. But let's turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1, and verse 7. Now, they shared that. Little gnome had a sign that shared that as well. But 2 Timothy 1, verse 7, the Bible says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love, of a sound mind. Let's pray together. 
God, we love you so much. We thank you for all that you do in our lives. We thank you for the courage that you can give us. To stand for you in a broken generation. To stand uh, for you when everything seems so hard. God, I just ask now that in these next few moments, as we look at your word, that you'll help us to better understand what we need to do and what we need to be, and how we need to handle fear. God, I thank you so much for this church and the opportunity to serve. Just ask for your blessings on all of us today. In Christ, and we pray. Amen. Well, we are talking about the subject of fear. Now, some of you may be, by nature, courageous people, full of courage, and you never have a fear in the world. I'm not one of those people. Growing up, I seemed to be afraid of uh, a lot of things. I was afraid of getting left behind. and That was one of the great motivators for me in accepting Jesus Christ, because I knew the rapture was going to happen at the beginning of 1981, so I had to get saved by the end of 1980. I don't know why. That was... As I got to the end of 1980, I was just, I've got to get saved before that. It's just, I have to, because I was afraid of being left behind. When you trust Christ for your salvation, that takes away a big fear that I had. But we had other fears, you know, whether it was the dark or spiders or one that I still struggle with, heights. You can't get me up on any sort of ladder because that's just bad news for everybody involved. But we all deal with those things. Fear. It strikes us. You see, in 2 Timothy 1.7, the Bible says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and of a sound mind. God has given us great things, and He hasn't given us a spirit of fear. That is from someone else. It is from something else. But unfortunately, we deal with that. Now, your list of fear, I'm sure, is a little bit different from mine. Things that you deal with, things that you struggle with in your life. Maybe you're afraid of losing your job. Maybe you're afraid of, of one of your kids getting hurt or, or being mugged or robbed. Or, I mean, the list goes on of things that we seem to carry around with us that are fear in our life. Now, our nation has its top ten phobias. Found this list online. Sorry if the picture, if you have pictures with a uh, problem with spiders, well, that's on this list as well. In fact, it's number one, arachnophobia is a fear of spiders. Social phobia are social or public situations. Aerophobia is afraid of flying. And I remember on my trip to Seattle recently, first flight out of XNA, I'm sitting next to this guy, and before the plane takes off, I see him do this. I twice. He, he made his, his cross. He was he'd gone through the motions so that he felt they could take away a little bit of that fear. But it is something, if you start thinking too much about what you're doing, getting this little metal tube and flying through the air, I, I can see where his fear might have been. But there's other fears, agoraphobia, open or public spaces. Claustrophobia is just the opposite of enclosed spaces. Emetophobia, which is a fear of vomiting. Uh, acrophobia, or of fear of heights. Cancerphobia. Brontophobia was a fear of thunderstorms. I didn't know that's what that was called. Necrophobia is a fear of death, of your own, or of others. We have developed names for all sorts of things. And my wife, being a, a professional counselor, could probably help you work through some of these fears and help you get to a place where you could work and handle some of these things. But for me, I still deal with the heights. Put me up on a ladder, on the roof of my house, oh, it's not good. 
I've tried to work through that. There are other fears, though, that I have conquered. Things that have I realized as I got older, I was just, maybe I just outgrew. But there are fears. Fears that many of us are carrying with us in here today that we struggle with. Things that are hard in life. Things that we think we can't get past. Or maybe we're afraid of, of taking a chance. Taking a step of faith. Doing what God is calling us to do because we're afraid of failure. We're afraid of, of failing ourselves, afraid of failing our families, afraid of failing God. You know, I, I look for wisdom in all sorts of places. And as I looked at fear, I, I found a quote that I think is important for us to see. Fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate, and hate leads to suffering. You know, it's not a good youth pastor's message unless he's shared Yoda at least once or twice. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's my daughter. Fear is the path to the dark side. If fear it leads to anger, anger leads to hate, hate leads to suffering. It goes on and on. Fear is a horrible thing that can destroy us slowly and powerfully. This morning, I want us to look at a biblical solution to fear that we find from Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 through 33. Now, if you look that passage up, and if you read Laura O'Connor's blog this week, you may be thinking, that passage looks kind of familiar. Well, we're going to look at it a little bit different angle. But yes, it's the same passage of Scripture. Peter takes a step out of the boat, walks on the water, starts to sing, cries out to Jesus. So we're familiar with that passage of Scripture. And that's what we're looking at this morning. As we look at a biblical solution to fear, you know, we're not going to find a solution to fear by using the force with Yoda. But uh, we are going to find a solution here in God's Word. In Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 through 33, the Bible says, And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship, and to go before him unto the other side, while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. The ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch in the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit, and they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou... Bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. When he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou now? And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased, and they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. This morning, I want us to look and see a solution to fear because it's something, it's a reality of life. I'm a worrier by nature. I've shared this before. and Sorry, Mom, I'm going to throw you under the bus. I come by it naturally. She likes to worry too. But worry is just that. It's fear. We're afraid something's going to happen. Afraid something's not going to happen. It is a lack of trust 
in what God can and will do. Their final solution for the skit guys was that, trust God. The greatest solution to fear is that. But as we look through this passage of Scripture, we find some steps that will help us take us through and how we're going to deal with fear when we're hit with it. The first is this, we need to pray and listen for God. In verses 27 through the first part of 29, it says, But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. Peter answered and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. God wants us to pray. We've been taking a lot of time thinking about prayer, putting a special emphasis on prayer, and we're not done with that because prayer is at the heart of who we are, and it should be for us to call on God to to pray, to seek Him, and then to listen for His voice. Often we, we issue up our big list of prayers, God, I need to take care of this, 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 and this, and we don't take any time to simply listen to what God has for us. Peter listened. Peter answered, said, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. Both times Peter heard the words. He understood what he needed to do. He listened. And when we pray, and when we're faced with fear, God calls us to pray, to seek Him, and then to listen for His voice so that we'll have guidance, we'll have direction, so that we can handle the second thing, obey when God directs. Often we're faced with fear and we don't know what to do, and what do we do? We pray, we listen, but then when God gives us direction, when He gives us a way to go, we think, I can't do that. I'm not going to take that step of faith. I'm not going to go forward. But we see that Peter did. Second part of verse 29, it says, And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Now, I can't imagine what it was like to be Peter. To be on the boat, to see Jesus walking across the water in the middle of the night, in the midst of a storm, scared out of my mind because one, who knows what the weather's going to do, but two, there is the impossible. Jesus is walking across the water. Yet Peter, he he asked what to do. And then he obeyed. There are a lot of times that God is calling us to do certain things, and we let fear stand in the way. We're afraid of what is going to happen. Will I have enough money to provide for my family if I take that step of faith? How is it going to hurt my family? How is it going to direct me in this way? Is this, what is this going to do to everything that I hold comfortable that I'm used to? So we walk around with those fears, but God calls us to obey when He directs. How do we handle fear? Well, we listen to God and we obey when He says, go forward. Now the second part of this, or the third thing that we're looking at here, is the second part of verse uh, 29 as well. What we need to do as a biblical solution to fear is to keep our eyes on Jesus in the midst of pain and struggle, difficulty, and fear. The second part of verse 29 again says, And when Peter was come down on the water, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. 
He didn't take his eyes off of Jesus in the midst of that fear and that difficulty. He kept his eyes on Jesus. It was his goal. He was going forward. And if we keep our eyes on Jesus, the fears will fade away. Because we're looking at the very Son of God. He loves us. He cares about us. He has a plan for our lives. And when we are faced with fear, it's nothing in light of Jesus Christ. The fourth thing is that we are to call out to Jesus when we're overwhelmed with the fear that is in our life. Verse 30, And when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. Beginning to seek, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. Fear can do a lot of things. There is a fight or flight mode that we're supposed to kick into. I think there's probably a third category, and that's freeze. And that affects a lot of us. Some of us, we're hit with something that comes at us, and we're ready to go. Other times, we're gone. We're out of there. But too often, I find myself frozen by that fear. What do I do next, God? I don't want to make a mistake. I don't want to fail. I don't want to do this. I don't want to mess up here. I don't. God, what do I do? And I have become frozen. It's in those moments that I need to call out to the Jesus that can save me, the Jesus that can give me hope, the Jesus that can help melt away the fear that I'm carrying around with me. What God wants us to do. He wants us to pray and to listen. He wants us to obey when He directs. He wants us to keep our eyes on Jesus Christ when we're faced with the difficulty of fear. And He wants us to call out to Jesus when we become overwhelmed with things that are beyond our control, that we can't handle, that we don't know what we're going to do. He wants us to simply call out like Peter did. Lord, save me. Too often we let those things just take hold of us. Grab us. And as we find here in this passage, Peter was being pulled down. Verse 31, we find our next solution to fear. And immediately, Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him. It's just simply that. In the midst of fear, when we're overwhelmed, when we're not sure what to do, how do we handle that? We take Jesus' hand when He offers it to us. Too often, we try to figure out things on our own. We try to conquer this fear all by ourselves. We try to, to handle this situation that's difficult and hard all by ourselves. But Jesus is offering a hand to each and every one of us. All we have to do is to accept it. Instead, nope, I can handle it on my own. Nope, I've got this. And we come even more overwhelmed we become defeated, and we're unable to do anything to bring glory to God because we have been crushed by the weight of this. But Jesus is sticking out His hand and simply saying, take it. That's what He's offering. As we go on forward in the second part of this verse, and in on to verse 32, we learn our next thing. Learn through your struggle with fear. You know, one of the great things, as you get older, you realize some things aren't as scary as they were when you were kids. There is nothing under the bed, except maybe a lot of dust. 
It's scary for a whole other reason. But there is, there's no monster under there. In the dark, well, there's, there's nothing in the closet. As you get older, you realize the door was locked. There was nobody that's in here. There's no monsters. The list goes on. We learn through our struggle with fear. And as we get older, we realize God's going to take care of me in this situation. He's going to provide when I'm hurting. So I don't have to be afraid of this or that. Medicine is powerful stuff. And even when people are sick and hurting, I don't have to be afraid. God can use doctors, and He can use hospitals, He can use medicine, He can use people around us, the prayers of His people. People make it through those things. We learn through our struggle with fear, and we grow to where we don't have to worry, we don't have to be crushed and consumed with fear, because God is there for us. The second part of verse 31, it says, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. Jesus said, O you of little faith, why are you doubting? You see, when we make it through the hard times, we realize we don't have to fear, we don't have to worry, because whatever the situation, Jesus has his hand out wanting us to take hold. And he is going to lead us through that situation and that difficulty. And there will be times when we don't think we can make it. And we're going to become afraid. But God says, call back to those things that you learned. Look back at my word. Understand that I'm a good God, a loving God, and there's no reason to be afraid. The last of this biblical solution to prayer is simply this. We are to worship Him after He has walked us through. Verse 33, we see that this is what happened on the ship. Then they that were in the ship came and they worshiped, saying, O a truth, thou art the Son of God. There are a lot of fears um, that I've faced over the years. Funny how many of them have to do with money, but money makes the world go around. It's how we pay for things. How could I pay for college? Well, God turned around and provided here and there through scholarships and through all sorts of amazing things. And I started worrying, okay, how am I going to provide when we had our first son. I only really have a part-time job at the church that I was at. God opened up doors there and things worked. So I was carrying these fears that unfounded. What was I going to do when the BMA of the Ozarks said, we're no longer going to pay your salary and you can no longer be the paid missionary? That was a scary time for me. In 2001, I didn't know what I was going to do because God had said, you need to stay here in Northwest Arkansas. So I became a little bit afraid of how is, it going to, how is that going to work? How is that going to happen? And then God provided a job at Bedford Camera and Video that kept me working from 2001 to 2007. If you'll remember, I started at the end of July, August 2001. September 2001, our world changed. And while all the other businesses that were having to lay people off and things were happening in a very harsh manner, uh, God kept providing for us. You see, I don't have any need to be afraid because God is good and God provides and He keeps doing those things. There is a solution to fear that we find here, but it is simple as what the skip guy shared at the very beginning. 
we are to trust God. Now, that's a very short, pithy statement. And it is very easy for us to say, well, that's just, I can't do that. But look at this passage that we looked at today. We are to pray and listen for God. We are to obey when God directs. We are to keep our eyes on Jesus in the midst of fear. We are to call out to Jesus when we become overwhelmed. We are to take Jesus by the hand when he offers it. We are to learn through our struggle with fear. We are to worship him after he has walked us through. God can and will do some amazing things. And all we have to do is to turn to him and to trust him. And when we're overwhelmed, when we're consumed with fear, we need to understand God can change that and do something different. Let me share a, a last slide because I, I thought this was fun. When I got closer to this, we talked about the first one, fear leads to anger, and anger leads to hatred, and hatred leads to suffering. But the Scripture goes on to say, and suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint us. God gets that last word. The dark side does not. Fear is of the dark side. God doesn't give us a spirit of fear. He gives us spirit of power, and of love, and of a sound mind. That is the gift that God has for each and every one of us. So whatever fear that you're carrying today, I want you to be sure of this one thing, is that God loves you, He cares about you, and you can trust Him. So it's time to lay those fears down at this altar. It's time to say, I'm not going to be afraid anymore, God. Whatever you're calling me to do, I'm going to step out in faith and I'm going to do it. God, I'm not going to be afraid of what's going to happen with my family because, God, you have taken care of me in the past. I've learned I'm going to trust you today with what you can do in my family. God, I'm going to trust you with my work situation. I'm not going to be afraid if I'm going to lose my job or that I'm never going to get the job that I want. I'm going to trust that you're going to provide in the way that I needed to be provided for. Today is the day that we lay aside all those fears. And we step out and be a courageous people, ready to take Northwest Arkansas for Jesus Christ, ready to go into our workplaces and to tell people about Jesus, ready to step into our families and to speak truth into their lives, and to go into the schools and to simply say, God loves each and every one of you. God is calling us to be a courageous people, to set aside fear, and to go forward as His people.